I always been pleasantly surprised by surprisingly pleasantly surprised I emphasize that again the emotional range the the range and the acting caliber of a one Sylvester Stallone great proof of that would be Rambo the first one or first blood slash Rambo everyone remembers like the ending speech of his you know the the terrors of war the horrors of war to keep him up at night can't remember what it's like to be normal again uh you know when he tells a story about his friend you know getting you know blown to smithereens he's barely holding on to like his guts that's all he had his to remember his friend by and shit and uh, a really impactful speech considering this is so far back when early in his career Betty had said but he was able to really deliver it convincingly like did he actually go to war did he actually live through this shit to be able to like deliver that as beautifully as he did as Rambo of all things and you know I did a whole episode on Rambo too like two episodes ago where you know it's deeper than you think that whole movie and it still holds up pretty good um there's that Rocky I love that whole franchise of course if you know me well enough I love that whole franchise except number five that was the pits there was some emotional range there too but not enough to salvage that movie but one through four he really put his emotions on display Rocky 2 is my personal favorite of course that's my number one out of all of them and then you got the pleasant surprise the re-up of how good Rocky can be reminder which was Rocky Balboa the the bridge that transitioned from Rocky to Creed then you got the even more pleasant surprise which was Creed 1 Michael B. Jordan you know um what's his name uh the guy that directed fuck Ryan Coogler I think if I didn't get that wrong then you got Creed 2 which wasn't as impactful or great or like whoa like Rocky 1 all over again vibes as Creed 1 was Creed 2 was still good I just think they jumped the ship a little too quick with um, Drago Jr. Drago son whatever but that's me of course that's me saying that point is I'm a fan of Sly Stallone Cobra a lot of the other shit he's done besides that that isn't like the big names he's done he's been known for and all that so I was looking forward to finally a series focusing on Sylvester star of the show but this time at least 10 episodes that's at least what this show is rumored to go for so first episode's been done I had to watch it back a couple of times just to get like the info down the deets I need down to really kind of delve in deep into this per se so with it with that being said I am looking forward to the second episode every Sunday now they're dropping I think like midday or whatever early in the day and shit too right so the whole thing with Tulsa King is he's a gangster he kept quiet he went to jail did a bid for somebody for like 25 years came back out thinking he's gonna be you know waist deep in gold or whatever currency he went you know he, he believed in until like he went to jail because that's 25 years like a whole quarter century that's a whole long ass time for like technology to advance and you know the whole the whole world just pass you on by while you're sitting in the cell you know covering your asshole at all times hoping for at worst you just get like hit on a lot or frequently you know but Tulsa King's basically that he's a mob guy in jail for 25 years finally gets out comes to the realization he kind of did a favor for somebody that was really for nothing because the boss don't want to recognize him for what he did or the favor he did his son to, uh, killed someone that the son had beef with 
And funnily enough, he says, I happen to like that guy too, by the way. I, I killed him though because your dad told me to. Did the bid, comes back out to see that his sons, the boss's sons, are the capos now in charge of, you know, the New York, I'm assuming, tri-state area. He's thinking he's going to come back out to get his spot, his territory, his operations assigned to him so he can have, like, steady income of uh, cash, you know, launder, dirty money, whatever, if there is such thing as clean money in the mob, you know, besides, like, the cannoli expenses or something. But he comes to see that there's nothing for him, literally. They tell him to fuck off, basically. He punches out one of the kids, which is one of the capos. So this is before they told him, listen, we're going to ship you out to the Midwest to go to Oklahoma, Tulsa to be specific of all things, where you're going to run things over there, our operations, whatever we got going on over there, basically. So after they ship him off to Tulsa, basically telling him to fuck off because there's nothing here. He's like a small fish, big pond, basically, even though he did the biggest favor for them going to jail for one of his kids. They ship him off out there ideally to nothing and they expect him to come up with 5,000 what I think every two weeks they said every week something like that basically gotta you know make his bones pay them off and keep whatever difference he has left over for himself which you know in Oklahoma what's really going on out there besides you know I'm getting I'm guessing like big titties gathering dust because you know a lot of not sandstorms like dust bowls and uh I think there's a tornado zone that goes through uh, Oklahoma, if not Tulsa. And then also they make reference in the show to the Bible Belt region. They make the joke of you're in the Bible Belt of the country, you're right in the buckle, if anything better yet said. So there's that. So it's like a mob guy in the Midwest with nothing really to look forward to. He's been in jail for so long, he's kind of disconnected, not by choice with the rest of the world. And he's just kind of out there, stuck to his own luck. The cast has no big names besides him. I think that's the norm, or I would think that's the probably go-to formula for all these streaming services now because, again, this is incentive for you to try to watch or add on, subscribe to Paramount Plus because it's Sylvester Stallone starring in a series. Exclusive to us, you can't watch it anywhere else unless you're good with the internet like that, then you can just pull it up on some random site. I never been good with that stuff, so I can't pirate or like do whatever, and I won't either, because you know, whatever. I'm pretty suspicious of my computer as is, but I don't mind it because it's Paramount Plus. I do have some stuff I watch, like old Nickelodeon stuff, Nicktoons more specifically. So I have a use for it besides just waiting every Sunday to watch one show, which seems ridiculous. I won't sign up for something just for one show or one movie. I can watch over and over again. I, I need to have a ride. I need to have like diversity in what I'm going to watch on one service, but I, I digress. I wanted to be a successful gangster, as far as him telling the story growing up. Reminds me so much of like Goodfellas, Henry Hill. For the longest time, I always knew I wanted to be a gangster. You know, rest in peace with Ray Liotta, of course. But it's funny that I forget if we learn his name at that part or later on, once he meets with the bosses or when exactly he, you know, gives up his name. But of all things, his name is Dwight. So, of course, he's with the mob. You can only be in the mob or mafia if you're Italian or Italian, depending on where you're asking whoever they're located. He's Italian with the name of Dwight. He explains later on in the episode, oh, I'm named after my parents who were immigrants, but they looked up to this one general named Dwight. I should have looked that up before to see who he's talking about, but no, Dwight Eisenhower was a president, right? Was he a general? I don't know. But... 
They named him Dwight, of all things. So, easily, I think you can associate him being named Dwight and him going to jail as a Dwight with him always wanting to be a gangster from, like, youth. From as young as possible as he can know that Dwight sucks as a name. I mean, listen, there's Dwight Schrute from The Office. In real life, Dwight's, I haven't met one ever in my life. I don't know if I ever will, because that's way too specifically white of a name to be out here. I, I'd say in New York, maybe if I walk over and find my way or stumble my way through like Williamsburg or something, a Dumbo or like lower Manhattan, something like that, where it's like super gentrified, I might be able to fucking find one standing online at a taco truck, getting the vegan tacos of all things, you know, with the tofu fucking impasta meat and shit. They're all seasoned and flavored that taste like meat, but it's tofu underneath. You know, you know what I mean. But with him being Dwight, being named Dwight, excuse me, that does remind me of, you know, parents back when, the parents now kind of suck when it comes to naming. I know celebrities are the main guilty parties of fucking naming them kids Apple or Feather or Sparrow, whatever the fuck. But even something like that. They try to get, like, I'm Spanish, so of course I know plenty of people growing up, their parents gave them extra white names and they looked the farthest thing from white as possible. So it's like a real head scratcher. That's a, that's a good example right there. But it's also something as easy as having a weak ass name like Dwight. No offense to all Dwight's in real life out there. But something as simple as being named Dwight, him being that young, no, it's a sucky name, and him immediately deciding determining his faith, I'm going to be a successful gangster. Because his dad was a barber, presumably, and he wanted him to follow in his footsteps. So he says, no, fuck that. I'm not going to be a cuck, a schmuck, or nothing like that. I'm going to be a gangster. And just because I'm named Dwight, they're going to have to really put respect to my name. But that means I'm also going to have to really do some dirt on my lonely to really get the, the stigma of Dwight, ha, 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 out their mouths besides them spitting up teeth once I'm fucking bashing their brains in and shit because I'm named Dwight, of course. I gotta really get my defenses up like that. So parents, really be careful with what you name your kids. You gotta really consider shit. Something as simple as me and my girlfriend now. She said to me for the longest time, oh, I, I really like Lawrence as a name for a boy. I'm like, you know what? I like Lawrence. Lawrence sounds cool. Sounds, you know, not too racial specific or nothing like that. No gender confusing a Lawrence with a Laura, I guess you could say. But now, because she ran into some clients at a pharmacy that were named Lawrence, that were assholes, she's like, oh, you know what? I, I renege on the name Lawrence. We're not naming him Lawrence whatsoever. We have a boy. Absolutely not. So then it says in return, wait, what are we going to name him then? Oh, she's like, maybe a Jason, maybe an Ian, maybe a, what was the other name she liked? I forget. But now, basically, Lawrence is out of question. I said, you know what? I get it. I've never met a Lawrence in my life that's been a pleasure to deal with. I remember one from college who was an absolute dick, and I didn't like him, my friends didn't like either, but I didn't like him first. It's not like I was peer person to not liking this Lawrence. I have not met one Lawrence in my life, and no disrespect to Lawrence's out there, but I haven't met one I had a pleasure dealing with at all. Pause. Me having pleasure with some guy named Lawrence. I digress. All right, so we go back to the thing. All right. Like I was saying earlier too, if you think about it too, 25 years in jail, the show is based on modern times, so it's like 1995 to let's say, alright, 1997, let's say to like 2002 and shit. Long ass gap, you're stuck in jail, sitting in the cell, minding your business, my biggest worry would be turned into like a human pincushion, aka getting raped. 
by other guys in there. I'm not saying that's all that happens in prison. I know, according to movies and or TV, God forbid I ever find on my on my own firsthand. No thank you whatsoever. And shout out to all you staying strong in prison and minding your own and staying out of other people's buttholes or keeping others out of your own butthole. But I, that would be my biggest worry. Somebody really trying to test me to the point of where, you know, they can test me like I'm a, stick me like I'm a fucking pig, something like that. But all that time away from society, I was thinking really the time gap, right? Like 1997 to 2020, uh, sorry, 2022. That really does suck because even something as simple as the phones, we're so used to fucking iPhone 12, 13, 14 upgrading every year since what, like 2005, since the first one came out. The, you know, the flip phone to the solid phone, upgrading from the Nokia brick phones to now we got the uh, bendable, foldable phones. Or um, I still remember the ones I liked a lot were like the, um, the ones that were clams, but they would slide up to pop open. I like those. I never had one. I always wanted one. I miss my BlackBerry, like I said before so many times, because of the physical buttons I could press to actually type shit out. Uh, but even something as simple as like phone upgrades throughout the years will be, I guess, mind blown to somebody who spent 25 years in prison. Because then technology alone speaking, that's got to be mind blowing. Because then he comes out of the jail in New York to travel from wherever that jail is located. And it looked like when, that jail that's in somewhere midtown or something like that, Manhattan, traveling all around thinking they're going to take him to a strip club to celebrate him being released from prison. Instead, he has to go out to Long Island, meet the mob and the fucking family and shit too. The boss, his boss, whatever, and his kids. You can see him like looking with not like open mouth wonder, but still befuddled. You can see it in his eyes as far as like people zipping by, of course, white people zipping by on the scooters. Uh, <laughs> there was a funny part where it's like these two idiots outside an Apple store on Fifth Avenue and 55th Street with their VR headsets on, just like going at each other. Like it looks like they were boxing people in VR. I never seen that up until now, at least not even in like Midtown, New York, wherever, like where people are outside with their VR headsets. I don't think it could work. Can it? Doesn't it need a Wi-Fi connection or whatever? Unless they sell service from like T-Mobile or AT&T to work with your VR headset. But I don't think it does. Also, VR isn't that popular yet either. Like it's expensive. It's pricey, it's another thing you probably don't really need right now, and it really hasn't been perfected to the point where I think you can go wander outside. Unless it's like, oh, maybe they were using like hotspot on their phones probably. Maybe that's it. It looks stupid. But he's lo kind of looking like a child does the world as they grow up kind of astonishment. Not so much like a, like a baboon with like mouth wide open, but still. I, I was just wondering, like, what would that feel like to be away from the world for that long? All of a sudden, you're finally out back in the open world and you see all this shit has changed around you. And all you did in return was get older and be secluded and separated from it all. So that was crazy to look at that. I I'd love to know what that even feels like if possible. Um, there's a joke, too, at some point when he's being driven around once he reaches Oklahoma by the black dude. Uh, his name was, his name was, his name was, what was his fucking name? God, what was the fucking guy's name? Tyson. There we go, Tyson. I was going to say Jordan. I didn't want to stereotype, but his name was Tyson, the black dude who drives him around, his like cab driver. And he brings up the point, Sly does, of, oh, 
I wish there was something we could do, like look up information randomly, whatever. And the guy takes his ass, oh, he's making a joke about Google and shit. Like, I can't Google nothing right now because I'm driving, I'm using my map to get me where I got to get you to and all that shit. Those kind of jokes are wedged in there. I kind of preferred them more when they just kept it simple with like him looking outside a cab, looking outside like the delivery car, I mean, and watching the whole world, how it evolved all around him without him having to interact with the driver beyond like, where are we going? I thought we were going to the strip club to celebrate me coming out of prison kind of thing. But that was interesting though. Uh, Alright, so, right, we get back to the part where he meets with his old boss and kids. The kids are capos instead of him. He's basically told you're getting nothing, even though you did this whole bid on behalf of my kid, who you killed someone on his behalf instead of him getting his hands dirty. I'm going to promote him anyways. He got promoted. You get nothing. You get dick. Go, you know, chase some tumbleweed out in Tulsa, Oklahoma, basically. It's a pretty good scene. And it makes me wonder why Sly, or Sylvester Stallone, Betty had said, never got casted for, like, at least a mob boss in, like, uh, maybe he did, I don't know. But in, like, at least a B-movie or an independent film or something like that. Because he's got range, like I said before. Rambo, he shows emotional range. Rocky, he shows his acting chops besides being just, you know, a bag of meat that can punch, you know, Presumably until you gotta kill him, otherwise to beat him. It makes you wonder why he never got a, a, like at least a stab at a chance to be like a mob boss on something. There's so many streaming services now. Maybe ideally this will build up to him being a boss per se. I mean Tulsa King, it's implied King boss. Maybe he'll end up being the boss of Tulsa, Oklahoma of all places too. We'll see. But it kind of makes me wonder why he didn't get that because he does show a lot of range. He does show rage as well too, like pounding the table, punching out one of the kids when he keeps disrespecting him and telling him this this ain't like how it worked in old times, old man, da da da, whatever, just slugs him and shit. And he's off to Tulsa after that too. Um, I do like the banter and the chemistry between him, his character Dwight, and his black cab driver Tyson. Not to say black because, you know, black people only meant to drive cabs. I mean to say he happens to be a cab driver who's black and young. Tyson. He's got a cool name. Tyson. Maybe that's his last name. I don't know. He's just passing off as his first name. Whatever. But they got good chemistry, good banter uh, between them back and forth in the cab. Just in general, it seems like they actually enjoyed, you know, riffing with each other. Maybe they improv. I don't know. But one good key point I'd like to point out for this show so far. I know one episode in, but I'm saying even still... You can tell these kind of things even with one episode in. Good writing. A lot of clever, good writing, like authentic, genuine dialogue. They're not trying to make him sound too godfather, gangster-ish, whatever. They're not trying to make Tyson sound too, like, black, cool, hip with it. Whatever else they can fucking do with it. Like, everyone seems genuine in how they fucking talk. They actually play their part fine. Do it authentically and funny. It's funny banter between him and Tyson throughout the whole time in the cab ride. So they pull up to the weed dispensary. And it's a great five to seven minutes block of, I think, what, 41 minute, 42 minutes long that the episode is in total. Because the whole entering, establishing himself as the boss immediately of that area. Talking shit to the security, the one security guard who's really overweight and can't do nothing besides, you know, maybe 
kill a bag of Cheetos or something than the kid who's got, you know, white, blue-eyed dreadlocks too. So depending on who you ask, white devil. You didn't hear that from me though. But gave off those vibes. There's another girl in the store who's like, I guess customer service you could call her. <laughs> She's just sitting there high all the time. Kind of looks like Kristen Stewart, so very cute girl. But she's so fucking high, she doesn't even know what she's doing there. She probably doesn't even know she clocked in for work that day or not. And then there's a guy in the back named Bodie. The only other thing, and I emphasize the only other thing I ever met in life named Bodie, was a rabbit. And I didn't even meet the rabbit in person. I've, I've met this rabbit through Instagram. I forget who's the owner of Bodie. Bodie the rabbit. But yeah, some guy is named Bodie on the show. That is one thing. On the show, the names are kind of questionable. Like sketch. Like, okay... Dwight, man, Freddy, that's the guy, the main guy's name, Sylvester Stallone. There is a story, like I mentioned, that his parents named him after like a general that they respected so much from the 20th century named Dwight, but Dwight, Italian Dwight sounds, you know, I don't know. It doesn't really make sense a lot, but okay, whatever. I don't know what they were going for with that exactly. He walks in, he beats up the fat security guard. He starts demanding to see the books and ledgers for Bodie, the owner of the weed dispensary. Cuts him a deal, pretty much, which is no deal that Bodie's been looking for at all. Basically saying, I'm going to keep you safe from all the gangsters, from the, you know, gangs, whoever's trouble to you, police included. Uh, he makes a joke about if there's a swarm of locusts that comes in, I'll just spray the bug spray and do that favor for you too. I'll protect it, basically, is all I'm saying, for a cut, certain amount every week. Tells him, you know, to launder the money because the feds could come at any point if they feel like it and just raid him and just take all his cash money harder and I'm sure from selling weed of all things or I don't even know how that works out because I never smoke weed I'm not a weed smoker no disrespect to nobody that does I'm just not familiar with that world like that so I don't even know if they're legally dispensing medically purposed marijuana or if any of it might be legit who the fuck knows but at some point Bodie does clarify he gets his shit from a farm not too far from them in Oklahoma as well and that's how he keeps business afloat basically but he's got no choice but to go in the business now with Dwight, of all things, who beats up his security guard, threatens both the guys at the well, guy and girl at the front, and on top of that, shakes Bodie down for like a small cut, justifiable for his services, but keeps him afloat. And afterwards, he comes back a second time to visit the store and drops him off a uh, security system. So that's a joke, the irony of it all, you know, you should have had one before I came in, but you didn't have one, so now you do because, well, thanks to me. So again, the whole part in the back office, uh, Dwight and Bodie, again, really shows the dialogue, the delivery, the energy that Sly gives off as, well, I guess for now, technically the boss of Tulsa, the king of Tulsa, really gives off the vibe again, like really proves again, like why wasn't he given more roles like this? Why was he only given Rocky, Rambo, tough guy, action guy kind of stuff that he proved himself with already with, again, Rocky and Rambo. He didn't really have to go past that shit. I mean, I like Cobra. I reviewed Cobra like about a year or so ago. It's a guilty pleasure for me still. I like watching that movie because he's actually got some funny one-liners which are kind of corny, borderline corny and stupid, but the way he delivers it with his voice and the fact that the movie itself is really kind of ridiculous when you think about it too. Hey, I could have seen him as a fucking straight man in a comedy, comedy duo, whatever. And yet, Cobra was only based off the fact that he was supposed to be uh, the first Beverly Hills cop. 
and you know Eddie Murphy did a great job with that too three times over but it shows Sly had some real range besides dramatic and emotions he could have been funny too a funny guy to look forward to with uh, plenty of action up his sleeve and shit um that's a great interaction um again I insist he really should have been casted for more in general throughout his whole career the only thing so far that kind of makes me scratch my head a little bit I don't know mob tactics of how the mob or mafia works or if they're even alive better yet said but I think these tactics he uses on the show obviously it's a show we don't know if these are really proven or not nowadays now in 2022 of all things if these would still work in something as simple as even a small town like in the middle of let's say Oklahoma or the breadbasket or the middle of the country or wherever there's a small town at because you know surveillance is everywhere bugs and all this shit where you can really kind of tap into whatever police are active police can respond to things a lot quicker too it just makes me wonder legitimately like if this shit would actually work even in the small town nowadays wherever you want to fucking drop a pin on on google maps and say hey i'm going there because there's nothing going on there whatsoever I know there is such a thing as Wi-Fi and internet connection still not being readily available everywhere just yet, but I think we're almost to the point where even that's not going to be a factor at some point. I would think. I don't know. If any mob experts would like to weigh in at any point too, absolutely feel free. Even if you got to be anonymous too, just let us know because we're all curious and scratching our heads here. I'm sure of it. Um, There comes a part where after the dispensary showdown pretty much, he takes his cut of the money. The guy was hiding it in the safe behind a poster, like half a mil almost. Dwight takes his cut, gives 50000 in cash to Tyson, the cab driver, and says, okay, you're not driving a cab no more. You're going to be my personal driver. Here's some money uh, to be exact, 50000 cash. Go and get me this specific car I want from this dealership nearby, and you're going to be my driver. You're going to be driving around that only. And you'll get, and on top of that, you're getting a salary too. Steady two thousand grand, uh, sorry, two thousand a week cash. So times that by four for a month, eight thousand times that by ten, eighty thousand. God damn, he's making ninety six thousand cash. Which I mean, in this day and age with inflation and shit, not having to report ninety six thousand dollars a year. Hey, sign me the fuck up. All I got to do is drive you around. Hey, hey, and maybe you know, breathe in some dust. Because you're in the fucking Dust Bowl in Oklahoma. Why the fuck not sign me up too? But there's a part where he comes back to him. And he says after the day after. Comes back to him in the morning. He says, I had to bring my mom's car. Because I did go to the dealership like you told me to, boss. But they wouldn't sell me shit. Because they said, or they assumed, I was a drug dealer. Because I showed them all the cash I had. To readily buy the Lincoln Navigator you specifically told me to buy. So he gets upset because he's got no ride. He's got to ride in a beat-up Nissan Altima all the way to the dealership after he tells him, take me there. Handle business. This part also kind of got me a little confused. Like, this would have worked, let's say, in the 90s. It would have still been convincing, better yet said. But nowadays, in modern times, he rolls up to the dealership, goes directly into the owner of the dealership's office, and basically, I think they try to pass this off as a woke moment, like... You assume because he was young and black with dreads and a kind of not-so-neat goatee and just happened to have all this cash on him. He's like a crack dealer, heroin dealer, whatever. So you call, you kicked him out and threatened to call the police on him. Allow me to tell you, I employed this young, 
upholding citizen who happens to be black and you're going to sell him a car basically whatever whatever but now i'm going to teach you why you shouldn't be racist like that it could have been a woke ass moment which really could have brought the show to a halt but instead it's cool and thanks to slice alone pulling it off cool like that because it just starts to beat up the guy for being racist <laughs> which is i think everybody's low-key fantasy to do at some point beat up a racist person knucklehead whatever i mean this guy's in full cowboy outfit too with the vest and the hat on too sitting at his desk of all places in the middle of work beats him up the guy clearly says i'm gonna call the police he, it's a funny part he grabs a phone from him and says okay let me get the phone for you and just bashes the phone right into his face the guy gets hit maybe like three times <clears throat> he's not even bloody he's like barely bruised up and it's enough for dwight to tell him you're gonna sell my guy this car for fifty thousand cash loaded and you're gonna let us leave and you're gonna watch us leave with a smile you racist fuck and he basically says okay he gives up right away if i'm the dealer i'm not a racist but i'm saying if i'm the dealer let's just pretend i got a cowboy hat on if i'm the dealer and i got beat up by an italian and a black dude in the middle of nowhere oklahoma they're driving off with a car they did pay cash for at least and at least i made some money off the sale i got beat up by a random fucking italian wandering the streets of oklahoma i'm gonna call the police anyway get the fuck out of here they're dying for any sort of action out there in the middle of nowhere they're dying to bring down somebody linked affiliated with mob ties so they can make their fucking bonuses and shit for bringing in some dirty fucking Italian bastard that's a part of the mob from the east and shit too. Some action for their lives. You know, maybe seeing their, their, their names in like the newspaper headlines the next day will give them some more pussy from their wife or their mistress or whoever's around. Something like that too. Because I know I'm not going to be in no trouble. If it was a bigger city, maybe they can get me before the police would. But in a small ass town like that, they're ready to jump on that ass. The fucking bringing outsiders too on top of that to justice justice per se but that's why i was a little confused like come on anywhere else i think it'd be like you call the police they get to them quick enough or maybe they got to do the whole sting operation set up too to get to him because you know mob affiliations and all that but in a small ass town nothing's going on i would think the police would be right up that ass to catch you know sly sorry dwight on the show and bring him to justice because of course he's Italian he's mob affiliated he got a black dude with him too so it's just a whole recipe for trouble and shit and of all places Oklahoma I would think but you know maybe I'm thinking out loud here too much I don't know <laughs> but there is that it was a good scene though it was a good fun scene so far halfway through the show it's already pretty fun and pretty funny and it's a very likable character with this Dwight uh, man Freddy that Sylvester Stallone is playing he goes back to the bar he went to earlier. He makes friends with the bartender who was like a military guy. No, not a sorry, not a military guy. He was um, another guy who did jail. So they can relate on like jail stories. Hey, did you get raped? No, did you? No, oof, thank God. Sheesh. Thank God we dodged that bullet or dodged the cum bullet, I, I guess. But um, he gets approached by a girl that's among her group of friends who are like all beauty queen contestants or something like that. She's like, are you famous? He's like, no. She's like, are you sure? And he says, what makes the most sense? If you gotta ask me if I'm famous, I'm probably not famous, so go fuck yourself over there. You know, go, I don't know, trade off dildos with each other over there at your table and shit, honey. So then the older cougar one, the lonely housewife one, or the one who was married, it seems like, comes up to him afterward and says, hey, you don't gotta be a dick 
to my friend over there, she's going to give you the most action you could have ever gotten in your whole life, you old fuck. Kind of thing, basically. Trying to downplay and trying to, like, minimalize and trivialize his manhood and shit. He's like, listen, lady, I just don't like my picture taken, that's all. I'm not trying to be rude. I just don't want to be involved with any of you hoes out here. Because all you hoes at a cowboy bar, and I'm the only guy here besides a bartender, what am I supposed to think? I'm going to play... STD Russian roulette with all your pussies out here. What do you want me to do about it? I'm staying safe. I'm staying out of it. Out of your pussy primarily. But, you know, she's quippy. She's got some lines to throw back to him to really incentivize and or get his dick hard, Betty had said. Telling him things like, oh, show me what you got, cowboy. Yeehaw and shit. You know, show me where the party's at. And then speaking of where the party's at, he says, you hoes are going to karaoke. That's some bum-ass basic bitch shit. Let me show you the real party and takes her to the strip club, which they probably never thought of going in their small ass little town. Over there, they have for some real fun. Everybody's getting drunk. Everybody's like stripping and taking their the fucking dresses off or hiking this shit up and just like, you know, twerking and shit because it is 2022, so they can do that. However, in the strip club scene, of all songs to play, which right now, if anything, if you think about it, hip hop, pop, dance shit, Whatever genre you might be able to pick and choose from nowadays, I think everything is catering to this could work in the strip club. This sounds perfect for the pole. This is a pole dancing anthem, basically. But of all things, instead of going to modern songs, maybe because Paramount Plus spent too much getting sliced alone to be the star of the streaming service exclusive show, Maybe they didn't have that big a budget for like a modern day track, you know, like a Doja Cat, you know, like a Cardi B, uh, who's the popular ones, like Lotto, Sweetie, SZA, whoever the fuck, you know, you can take your pick from all the pretty girls out there singing about basically my pussy's so wet, but it's got you entranced, da 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 whatever. Instead, they go with fucking Nelly, hot in here. Not a bad song, but I've had that song play too much for me and around me any radio station I fucking listen to the few times I've been in my life to like a dance club or whatever you call them nowadays he makes that same joke too nightclubs, discos, whatever you call them nowadays too I've heard that song too much basically is my point so another royalty check for Nelly another fucking like oh yeah I remember that song for a bunch of people that watch that shit and then Nelly like getting tapped to be like hey can we use your song for fucking the Sylvester Stallone starring streaming service exclusive show for Paramount plus Nelly is like I'm probably never gonna watch that shit dirty but you go ahead alright just cut the check and let me know how it goes yeah <laughs> whatever can't blame him shout out to Nelly Nelly's a good guy not the biggest fan of Nelly I don't love love his music and not a shout out but fuck you to Columbia House Records if you remember if you're old enough to remember that service like uh, what was it seven CDs for the price of one for like one penny and shit You'd get like seven, eight CDs for free at the exchange of having to buy a full-priced one from their catalog service, but their CDs would cost like $25, $26. So they got me for that shit. I did get an exchange, okay, looking back on it now, with the mind of an adult, like eight CDs, which I still have somewhere, I'm pretty sure. But I had them buy one, and they gave me a time frame to buy one by, a deadline, Betty had said, or else basically they would ruin my credit. I'm like 13, 14 years old, though, I think, maybe even younger than that. So I was like, what credit? How is this going to damage me? But I was stupid enough to buy into it. So I did. 
and I got fucking Nelly Country Grammar, that very first album from Nelly from it. Uh, and I regret it. <laughs> it's a terrible album. I'm sorry. Besides Hot, no, that's not even the one with Hot here. That's the one with fucking um, Country Grammar, uh, Ride With Me, EI, and then about 50 more tracks, absolutely nothing worthwhile or worth my time. So I was stuck with that fucking album at full price for like $26, $27. And I had to send a whole, oh God, those are the fucking days of money orders and or checks. There's no such thing as fucking transferring money electronically, digitally like you do nowadays too. I'm an old fuck like that. So I was stuck with that fucking album and I kind of had a sour taste in my mouth for Nelly Paws ever since then. But, you know, it's not his fault. I digress. That's the song they choose to go with, of all things, to play in the club, the strip club part scene at least. And the spoilers, potentially, of course, if you haven't watched it yet, um, just in case, now spoilers. So the lady that convinces him to take them all out to party is actually an undercover agent. I have to tell this part because it, it ruins the whole premise of the joke that is this part, because it's irony. She's an undercover agent, not for the Fed, or not for the FBI, I think for like the tobacco, drug, and something else bureau, whatever, like, not the FBI, not the CIA, so you don't know who the fuck they are, but somehow they get a paycheck and we're paying for them basically from our taxes. Too much, by the way. But she's an undercover agent for them, and while they're all going crazy, these girls stripping and hiking their dresses up and twerking and all that too, they're all white, by the way, not one black girl, poor representation of a strip club in actuality. One of them's in the in the corner off with a drunk guy. She's too drunk to know what's happening. But there's another guy in a cowboy hat out there just basically dry humping her and hiking her dress up to like, I guess, fuck her in the middle of the dance floor. Dwight walks over to him, punches him in the gut. And, and one of those gut punches that kind of lifts him off his feet, at least for a split second, he's forced to sit back down and he puts his fucking cowboy hat back on him just for laughs, I guess. But she sees this shit. She's a police... I guess authority figure, she witnessed assault in the club. Okay, yeah, the guy was getting handsy and frisky with the girl too, I get it. But he just comes straight up, pulls her off, props him up and just gut punches him. So much where who couldn't see this guy fucking lifting off the ground like, like, a, like a turkey trying to take flight and shit. She sees it and she gets turned on instead. Instead of being like, hey, no roughhousing or something. He's like, not, not even a warning for this guy. He's like untouchable, I guess. But... She sees that. She's even more turned on. Mind you, when they met at the bar, her nipples were already fucking stiff. Like she had like lapel mics underneath her fucking dress the whole time. And she gets more turned on by him acting like, like, like a buffoon. Pretty much like a goon the whole time, right? More turned on, a lot of more, you know, foreplay banter between them. Hey, why don't you take me back to your room and show me your mini bar? Ha ha ha, whatever. What, whatever could that mean, of course. They go over back to his hotel room. They're fucking, they don't show no fucking because I think she's not that young looking, but she's a good looking woman. I won't take that away from her, absolutely. <laughs> the actress, I mean. I don't want to see Sylvester Stallone with a shirt off because I forget, is he actually 75 years old now or did he just say he was 75 for the role of the character? I think he might be in the 70s already, oddly enough. I don't know. But after they fuck, of all things, she age shames him because he says, oh, I'm 75 because she, it's a great setup, actually. I wish age reveals between people were more like this. It'd be more fun, at least. 
she asked um, she asked him straight up how old are you because after they fuck of course she has to ask how old are you basically out of curiosity she's morbidly um, curious like that and he says oh well why don't you just go ahead and ask me where I was when Kennedy was assassinated and she's like okay entertain me how old were you when Kennedy got popped in the head and he's like I was a senior in high school she does a quick math in the head and he beats her to it. He's like, I'm 75, by the way, if that helps. She's like, oh, I thought you would have been at least a solid 55, a hard 55. And it's another funny part of dialogue, too, because she says that. And then he says, well, I think the emphasis is on hard here because he was able to get hard enough at 75 to still put it in her. Fuck her. Come. And she got off. She got off a 75 year old dick immediately. And probably, you know, rub the taste out of mouth and just scrubbing the ass more intensely because she's like, oh my God, I got fossil cum in my ass or whatever. But she age shames him because he reveals he has the nerve to be honest as a man and say, I'm 75. Looks wise in the, in the fucking show, the character, he looks better than her. I'm sorry. That's not to diminish her, but in the lighting of the room, where it's at night, of course, because, you know, they're done fucking at night. They're old, so they can't be fucking all night into the early morning shit. They get there, they fuck one time, maybe two, and then by, like, two hours later, before it's, like, even 11 o'clock, she's ready to leave and shit. It's already still dark because the lights in the room are on. The lights in the room hitting her face are showing all the crevices, crow's feet, liver spots, wrinkles, everything she's got going against her in that light. And he looks better than her. But he's like at least maybe it looks like 20 years older than she is. But she's got the nerve to age shame him. Of all things. Go figure. She leaves. She grabs her shit. She's like, oh my God, this is a mistake. Only then. It's a, if he was like 65, probably. She would have been like, oh, well, you know what? Daddy. Wink. Uh, I can't be seen with you because you're an old fuck. But let me know when you're in town and we can go to the mall and you can take me shopping, basically. I'm guessing that's a mentality by now because of all things I have the nerve to fucking just be offended that he's that old but he can still get it up and get it in her what's the fucking problem what a cunt right she up and leaves he offers a fucking call her an uber because he's got the app now he figured out how to use apps on the phone and shit she don't want nothing to do with him he says maybe I'll see you around and she says thank you for a fun time so she's admitting she's got he's got great dick 75 year old dick still but she admits that, but wants nothing to do with him because she's ashamed. Meanwhile, again, we'll cut next day to her staff meeting amongst her people, the whatever agency she's a part of, where she looks even worse in the daytime with her fucking uniform on. Nothing in the hair, barely brushing shit too. She's got that look like I just got pounded out last night because she did, but she looks even worse. She looks even more wrinkly. She looks more like a fucking raisin with a wig on. Liver spots are prominent throughout her fucking temples all around her forehead. It, look like, it looks like a fucking tribal tattoo of anything. Like all along her face. All these liver spots coming out of nowhere. Fucking uh, Google Maps all on her face. She's so fucking wrinkly and shit. Come on. And she's got the nerve to be acting like what? She looks like a fucking long uh, pork rind strip. All crinkly and shit how she looks. And she's got the nerve to fucking uh, tell him. You look like shit. You look like an old fuck. You know, wrinkled up like a fucking tampon wrapper and shit. She's really got some nerve to be judging him. But then, as they're concluding the meeting, the boss is like, and another thing, as we're trying to, you know, 
keep a tab of all the drugs and alcohol, tobacco, and all that shit going through our fair state of Oklahoma. Here's this motherfucker who's wanted now, just got out of jail, you know, mob ties and all that too. Da 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 on the screen. It's our boy, Dwight uh, Man Freddy. She looks at him and says, Ah, oh, fuck me. And low key in the brain, she's like, He did already. But his old ass cock. Which actually still worked plenty great, but shh, don't say it out loud, kind of thing. Biting her tongue. Just like a, I'm sure she bit the pillow when he was putting the fucking inside her. And she was fucking loving it. This whore. This old bitch. This old cunt. I say that because you know what? Your age, same in a motherfucker. Even though he clearly gave you the best dick of your life. And you lived a long enough life to know what good dick is. The difference between good and bad dick. You old fucking bag. And you're acting like this. You're acting like a fucking girl. Act your age. Not your shoe size or whatever the thing is they say. But yeah, that's the end of the episode. So basically he's saying, okay, he's officially going to be the king, the Tulsa king. The king of Tulsa, basically. That's what he's been reduced to in his head, in his mind, presumably. But that's the first episode. And so far, first episode has been really enjoyable. Has been really something fun to experience. And I think I didn't mention earlier here, but unfortunately... I only got one ear working. The other one, just puffing air. Actually, I can hear what happened, yeah. Like the tube disconnected inside, so this one is floppy, dead. This one's dead dick ear, pretty much. This one works plenty fine, so I can actually judge a show like that. So forgive me for a poor rating system, a half-ass rating system today, but we will still be giving this show, or this episode, a rating. Episode 1 of Tulsa King. Starring Sylvester Stallone, exclusively streaming on Paramount Plus. Debuted last Sunday. New episodes every Sunday. I'm looking forward to it because it's Sylvester Stallone on streaming series, exclusive to Paramount Plus. That is the one downside because you can only watch it there. I think unless you got the Paramount channel, if you still have cable and/or I think uh, I think I might have it on Hulu because I got Hulu with live TV too. If you got that channel, they are playing it there like, you know, a regularly scheduled program kind of thing. But you'll have to look it up to see when they air it. I'm sure because it's exclusive to them and it's a brand new show and it's about Stallone, they probably got that playing all day every day. And once the season's over, oh, they'll have that shit on in just blocks that take up fucking most of the day, if anything, too. But so far, episode one called, to be specific, Go West, Old Man. I gotta be honest, and I gotta give this thing out of a possible two ears, pump pump, I gotta give this thing a pump pump in return, two ears out of fucking two possible here on who just been watching for episode one, Go West Old Man of Tulsa King again starring Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, this thing actually absolutely deserves episode one, one episode deep out of ten so far, out of me, you're asking me, I mean you're watching me, so of course it's implied you're asking me what I'm thinking. Yeah, definitely a two-ear out of two-score because it's been fun so far. A really great intro to a deeper-than-what-the-surface-permits character. Funny character. Again, really good dialogue. That always helps for a show to be good. Having a good fucking dialogue. Characters that sound real and convincing enough to what they're supposed to come off as. Which we get with Dwight Man Freddy, a.k.a. Sylvester Stallone. Yo, it's over, all right? It's over, it's over. Move the mic, move the mic. Thank you. All right.